0: This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Weiner. Now it's time to talk about right-wing women with Katha Pollitt. We've never forgotten that in 2016, exit polls showed that 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump rather than Hillary Clinton. It's still a puzzling and frightening statistic. If you want to know where the political organizing of right wing women in America began, take a look at Phyllis Schlafly and the fight she organized to block the Equal Rights Amendment in the 1970s. She's the subject of a new nine part miniseries on the FX channel. It's called Mrs. America, and it stars Kate Blanchett as Phyllis Schlafly, and Katha Pollitt has been watching. Katha, of course, is a poet essayist, and award-winning columnist for The Nation. She also writes for The New Yorker and The Atlantic Online. We reached her today at home in Manhattan. Katha, welcome back.
1: Hi, John. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, first of all,
0: remind us who Phyllis Schlafly was.
1: Well, Phyllis Schlafly was a devout Catholic wife and mother of six, and she was a tireless, very well-connected right-wing ideologue And uh, after her attempts to break into the foreign policy world, where she was very extremely conservative and thought, you know, Russia was about to take over and all like that, uh, after that didn't pan out, she made a fabulous career out of telling women to stay home. She didn't stay home, but (laughs) other women should stay home. Um, And unfortunately, um, as I detail in my column, she was very good at her job. I mean, she started out with a newsletter and meetings in her living room. And before you know it, she had forged the contemporary anti-feminist movement.
0: You write in The Nation that we are living today in the world Phyllis Schlafly made. What do you mean?
1: Well, uh, she, her first cause was to stop the E.R., the Equal Rights Amendment. This was back in the 70s, and uh, it was going very well. It was really on track to be ratified. And then she said, she would tell women, you know, oh, my goodness, you won't get child custody. You won't get alimony. There'll be unisex bathrooms, and they'll draft women. Now, interestingly, some of, a lot of these things have happened anyway. <laughs> um, and this was very, very upsetting to traditional housewives who felt that their, their legal protections, which were never as great as they thought, but some of them did exist, they thought that would all be taken away. So she forged this movement that was around the idea of women being protected, for example, from having to get a job, women being protected from going into the army. Um, this was at a time when the divorce, in the 70s, the divorce rate had skyrocketed once divorce laws were changed. Um, There was a big backlog of people who said, oh, great, now we can get divorced. And so you can see why a woman who uh, had reached the point where she probably couldn't get a job that could support her and her children would be very concerned not to have herself made more vulnerable. So anyway, this collection of issues then connected with uh, with others. It connected with the radical right. uh, It connected with the religious right. And it connected with the anti-abortion movement, Um, and there you have the you know uh, the modern anti-feminist movement.
0: Okay, let's talk about the TV series. It's not a documentary. Kate Blanchett is such a fabulous actor and so charismatic. Do you think she makes Phyllis Schlafly seem? Too sympathetic?
1: Well, I think I think part of it is that Kate Blanchett is just unbelievably beautiful. You want to look at her forever. She has a complexion you want to dive into it like a bowl of whipped cream. And I went online and I looked at photos of the real life Phyllis Schlafly, and you know she was pretty good looking too, <laughs> but nothing like this. <laughs> nothing like this. And uh, somehow they have managed to give her a kind of give Kate blanchett uh, a kind of softness, which I'm not sure the real Phyllis Schlafly possessed. So that every time Phyllis Schlafly betrays one of her friends, um, you're surprised. You don't expect it. You think, no, this is Kate Blanchett. <laughs> and the femi- there's a, a range of feminists who, are, who get pretty much equal time, uh, who are pro-ERA. And some of them were names that our audience would know. For example, Gloria Steinem, played by Rose Byrne, Betty Friedan. Bella Abzug and Shirley Chisholm and they they are not portrayed my feminist friends would say that they especially Betty Friedan are not portrayed in this glamorizing way
0: yeah Betty Friedan is played by Tracy Ullman one of her many amazing characters that she has done uh in in her career well this brings this brings up the sort of basic political question when the equal rights amendment got through congress it was supported by almost everybody including Almost all the Republicans in the Senate, I think there were nine votes against it. Nixon supported it. And yet it failed to be ratified by the required two thirds of the states in the decade that was allotted to that. So, and it was supported by people we think of as very brilliant political thinkers, You, Bella Abza, Gloria Steinem, uh, Betty Friedan. How did Phyllis Schlafly outmaneuver, you know, our best brains? Well,
1: when the ERA was passed in the Senate, it was seen as just, oh, right, of course, we're just dotting the I's and crossing the T's here. Um, it was Phyllis Schlafly and her people who pointed out what they felt were the dangers it posed to women, that it was not a good thing for women. And uh, because this linked up with the growing conservatism of the Republican Party, which gets a lot of time in um, in the miniseries, that became a rallying cry. But then what's interesting is Phyllis Schlafly at a certain point sort of topped out with uh, religious, middle-class, Midwestern wives and mothers. And she had to grow her list because it wasn't growing. This is all, a lot of this was about mailing lists. And so she hooked up with the hardcore racist fundamentalists in the South. And that brought a lot more people to her movement, but it also brought a lot of real hardcore reactionaries. Um, Because of course, the hardcore reactionaries were always there. She was one. In fact, there's a big debate going on about whether she and her husband, who was a well-known, very conservative lawyer and figure in the Illinois Republican Party, there's a whole discussion going on about, were they actual members of the John Birch Society? And there's a certain amount of evidence that, yeah, they were. And then they dropped out because it wasn't good for their image. So, I mean, she was fantastically conservative um, and stayed so her whole life. But these other people, these Southern racists were who are, portray- are portrayed in the miniseries as, as, you know, real real cave dwellers.
0: And the show on TV has a political message for us, you say. What is it?
1: Well, i think the message at least what i took away is that never underestimate your enemies (laughs) because that's what the feminists in the movie do in the miniseries do they think oh who are these women anyway they're kind of crazy who does phyllis schlafly represent nobody um and they don't take seriously why a conservative housewife might fear the ERA. Because, of course, when the ERA started, it was fine with conservative housewives. And Gloria Steinem says at one point, well, revolutions are messy. People get left behind. And the consensus of the other women is, well, that's just the way it is. Um, But, of course, people don't always, uh, aren't always down with getting left behind. Um, (laughs) um, Even if in real life, a lot of their fears were groundless, they felt them. I, th- I think that the only woman, the only feminist who took Phyllis Flafly very seriously was Betty Friedan. And Betty Friedan is the least sympathetic character in the in- entire miniseries, except for one of these racist fundamentalists. And uh, my friend, Rachel Steyer, who's writing a biography of Betty Friedan that'll come out next year, I hope, with the Jewish Lives series, she said the, the portrait that is given is really unfair. It doesn't give her her due. She was a very difficult person, but she does see what the others didn't see.
0: So never underestimate your enemies. And Phyllis Schlafly succeeded at organizing hardcore evangelical women and racists. Uh, of course, we never had a chance with the hardcore evangelicals or the racists, but you say anti-feminism claimed some women who feminists should have sought to persuade. Who do you have in mind?
1: Let's say there's a woman who feels that because of feminism, her, she has to go to work. Her husband can't support her. Um, I hear this on the radio frequently, women saying that it's all the fault of it's all the fault of feminism that their husband doesn't make more money. Um, well, I mean, you can argue against that. I mean, it's not true. Um, there's that. Um, but it speaks to this woman's fear that, oh, my God, I am being left behind. <laughs> I think that there is more room for a feminism, which I myself probably wouldn't share, but that is just a little more conventional. You know where we? You know that's what that's what Betty Friedan thought. She thought it should be about economic issues. She thought all the sex stuff was just playing into the hands of the media. I have this from Rachel Steyer: playing into the hands of the media that would much rather talk about sex than talk about how women don't get paid enough. It it that that was a new thought to me. That, and I don't want to make too much of it because maybe I'm completely wrong. But it just made me feel that. Although on the ground, real feminism is often quite conventional in many ways, its image in the media is completely the opposite.
0: So we've only talked about women so far. Are men part of the story of the anti-ERA movement that Phyllis Schlafly organized?
1: Yeah. And that part is really funny because one way that these that the anti-feminists and the feminists have something in common is men, men, men are the problem for both of them. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, we see many incidents where Phyllis Schlafly is put down by, uh, even by her husband who was, you know, extremely supportive of her um, most of the time but um, there's a horrible scene where he kind of insists on sex when she's just exhausted and it's it's just awful but uh, she's Phyllis Schlafly is put down by by the Republicans, they don't take her very seriously, they don't give her the attention for as in foreign policy that she thinks she deserves i mean she wrote uh, a choice not an echo which was the goldwater bible and then when he wrote his memoirs he didn't he he didn't she looks in the index and he she's not there and but then on the other side the feminists are betrayed by george mcgovern and then by jimmy carter I think we've kind of forgotten that George McGovern was not really down with feminism, and he was certainly not down with abortion rights a year, just a year before Roe v. Wade. On both sides, they have a lot to contend with.
0: In conclusion here, I wonder how the TV series Mrs. America explains why the ERA went from a measure supported by most Republicans in the Senate and Richard Nixon how it went from basically universal support to defeat. And I wonder if you agree with the explanation the TV series offers.
1: Well, in the TV series, the reason is that it is several fold. One is that she managed to forge this grassroots movement. And I think we never should forget because we, you know, here on the left, oh, grassroots, grassroots, we love the grassroots. There's a right-wing grassroots movement too. And I think we often, people said to me, in fact, oh, Well, you have to talk about how um, Phyllis Schlafly was being bankrolled by the insurance companies who feared the ERA for various reasons. Well, I don't know how much money she got from them, but that wasn't why it happened any more than the Tea Party movement, which also was bankrolled by wealthy conservatives. That's not the whole story. There were actual people there, too. So one explanation they give is that, in fact, there was this mobilizable, rather large number of very conservative women who uh, were afraid of the ERA and thought it represented everything that threatened their way of life. Um, And of course, their husbands would agree with them about that. The other reason they give is that this movement melded with and coincided with a general move to the right on the Republican Party, you know, in a way, in some ways um, in the Democratic Party too. Um, I mean, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter was the person who signed the Hyde Amendment and said, life isn't fair. Uh, But there's one other, can I say one more thing? Um, Because I want to mention a wonderful book that everyone should read by Jane Mansbridge, the political scientist uh, called Why We Lost the ERA. To her, and this isn't really discussed in the movie, the pro ERA activists, she said, gave conflicting and confusing responses to the anxieties about drafting women and unisex bathrooms. Sometimes they would say, Oh, this is never going to happen. And sometimes they would say, Well, sure, it's going to happen, and that's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I think that was part of it, too. Um, the pro ERA movement was as Mansbridge points out, it was was a volunteer movement. And so it wasn't like there was one message coming from the top about how we're going to do things, um, the arguments that we're going to make. So it was kind of um, a struggle between different factions of what they should say. And that was confusing to a lot of people.
0: The show about Phyllis Schlafly and her success at organizing right-wing women to defeat the Equal Rights Amendment in the 70s is called Mrs. America stars kate blanchett it's on the fx channel katha Pollitt wrote about mrs america for her new column you can read it at thenation.com thank you katha
1: thanks so much for having me john
0: you've been listening to start making sense the weekly podcast of the nation magazine you can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com And you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.